0: All right, so tonight we are going to be uh, looking at the purpose of surrender, part two, which is on page nine. This is after having our first week of practice with the what-am-I-to-do-now surrender question. So here is um, tonight's message. The mind creates experience that is not real. It is illusion. ...or fantasy. And it is created for the purpose of enjoyment or pleasure. But when the mind forgets reality and sees the unreal as real, fear is a necessary component. So I remember talking about this um, last week as we were reading the commentary on mind. That this world and this perception of being in a body... This is a perceptual experience, that it's not reality. It's a perceptual experience. And this says the reason for the perceptual experience is enjoyment. You know, that's, that's the reason for the perceptual experience. And so, of course, lots of people are not enjoying this perceptual experience. Why? Well, because when you forget that it's unreal and you see it as real then fear becomes a necessary component. And some would argue that guilt also becomes a necessary component. So the error isn't in the perceptual experience. Sometimes, I think especially students of A Course in Miracles, um, because the Course in Miracles calls it a tiny mad idea, um, people get the impression that there's something wrong with having the perceptual experience. Like, I'm bad because I see a world. Um, Of course, A Course in Miracles does not say a tiny bad idea. That's the interpretation that that gets put on it, right? It says a tiny mad idea. But this is saying the perceptual experience is for enjoyment. And the only thing that, that makes, the only thing that goes wrong is that we start thinking this is reality. And when we start thinking this is reality, then fear is a necessary part of it. Uh, because, of course, this then becomes me, this body. This body is very vulnerable. There's all kinds of things that can go wrong. Uh, you know, the bodies of my loved ones are vulnerable. There's all kinds of things that can go wrong. And you know, it, it just turns um, what should have been a happy dream into a nightmare. When we think it's real. So one of the things that's really important at some level is to start realizing this is a perceptual experience, this is not reality. And again, one of the things that a Ramana is going to help us with is that. But since you guys have already finished NTI, you know that as we were going through NTI, one of the things we kept noticing was the true self, which is the awareness, that's unchanged and untouched, right? It's unchanged and untouched the body, the thoughts, the world, that's all the perceptual experience. So one of the things that can help us tune into the difference between reality and perceptual experience is of course to reflect on our reality, to spend time in meditation, for example, noticing the real self, or in contemplation, noticing the real self. Or you could use the Bentinho Massaro method. Noticing it for two to five seconds, multiple times throughout the day. But as we tune into who we really are more and more, then somehow naturally we begin to accept this as a perceptual experience and we don't take it as seriously. And then it becomes more fun. It's an adventure. You know, we lose our job. Instead of panicking, we're like, ah, I wonder what's going to happen next, right? I mean, it's just a different attitude, right? And that makes it fun. (laughs) So I'll read the first paragraph again And then go into the second paragraph The mind creates experience that is not real It is illusion or fantasy And it is created for the purpose of enjoyment or pleasure But when the mind forgets reality And sees the unreal as real Fear is a necessary component The mind is afraid because the unnatural is not natural. The mind that has forgotten reality knows that something is wrong, but it does not know what that is. It projects stories in an effort to give itself a reason for its fear, but it cannot find the answer it seeks because it is looking in the wrong direction. Its fear does not come from its own projections, and so solutions to those projections cannot end fear. So basically what this paragraph is saying, of course, what I am is awareness, right? I am pure awareness that cannot be touched by anything, has no beginning, has no ending. But when I forget that reality, and I start thinking that I am the body-mind personality, Something in me, you could call it an intuitive sense, knows that something's wrong. Because I've just made a mistake. I have gone from realizing my true self to thinking I'm something I'm not. And because I've made that mistake, there's something there kind of telling me, "Eh, something's wrong, you know, there's like this feeling, something's wrong. Only I don't know what that feeling is. I don't know what's wrong. And so I start looking to find out what's wrong. And the mistake that we make is we look out in the world. You know, what's wrong? I'm uglier than other people, right? What's wrong? I'm not as healthy as other people. What's wrong? I'm not as rich as other people. What's wrong? I'm not as loved as other people. We start, we'll find something, right? And then, you know, we try fixing it or changing it, you know, try and make myself more beautiful, go get some plastic surgery, you know, whatever I need to do and we're and we're trying to fix it, but I get the plastic surgery or I get the job that has enough money, I now make as much money as other people, or I get married and I have children, I have a family, I should be loved. And yet there's still something wrong. You know, and that 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 something's wrong never goes away. It doesn't matter. We fix one thing and then we'll find another problem because we still feel there's something wrong. And of course the something wrong is That we're wrong about who we are. And, but we're, we're, we keep chasing problems in the world, finding something wrong, hoping when I fix this thing, it'll finally feel okay. And it never does because that's not what was wrong. Right? So I'll read this paragraph again and then we'll move on. The mind is afraid because the unnatural is not natural. The mind that has forgotten reality knows that something is wrong but it does not know what that is. It projects stories in an effort to give itself a reason for its fear but it cannot find the answer it seeks because it is looking in the wrong direction. Its fear does not come from its own projections and so solutions to those projections cannot end the fear. Fear comes simply from not knowing reality. Therefore, the only answer to fear is to let go of what is false and to remember reality as true. Discarding the world is as simple as remembering that it isn't true. This is as simple as living from within instead of from without. And remember, the name of this message is The Purpose of Surrender. So what we are discovering already on the first page of this message is that the mind, you know, when we're identified with the mind, again, there's that sense that something is wrong because I'm not the body-mind personality, right? Something is wrong, (laughs) So I have this sense that something is wrong, but I'm using the mind which I'm identified with to try and find out what is wrong and to try and fix it. And as long as I'm living from the mind trying to fix things, trying to make everything all right, I'm going to continue to have that nagging feeling that something's wrong. I can't ever find it from the outward looking with the mind. So what inner Ramana is asking us to do is instead of living outward from the mind, to live from within. And this is what surrender is doing. Surrender is turning us within. So instead of looking around the house and deciding, uh, oh, I don't know, my windows are not as clean as my neighbor's windows. You know, I need to clean my windows in order to feel accepted in the neighborhood. I'll get out there and clean my... So that's all mental stuff, right? Right? And that's how most of us kind of order our day without consciously knowing that. We're ordering our day trying to fix things, even though we don't really know it. So instead of ordering our day through, or I'm going to get my job done first, I'm going to put my work first so that my boss thinks well of me. You know, right? There's there's an ulterior motive to the way we're making decisions because we're making decisions trying to fix things without knowing it. So instead of making decisions about what we're going to do with the mind, we're using surrender, and we're asking, what am I to do? You see, in that way, we are turning within, and then we are given something to do, and we just do it. And it's breaking our addiction to trying to fix things, which we're doing unconsciously, right? Trying to be worthy, trying to get rid of our fear, trying to make ourselves more comfortable, trying to make ourselves more liked, whatever. It's getting us out of that habit. So let's look at the top of page 10. One who is forgetting the world, which means forgetting looking at the outward projection, one who is forgetting the world takes his cues from within. When observed, he may seem to respond to without. He may even seem to respond to his thoughts, which are still without. But this is only if you observe him from without. Without will see without. Within will see within. What this means is you aren't going to look any different than anybody else. Right? You are going within and asking, what am I to do now? And you're getting very practical suggestions. You know, go do the dishes, you know maybe maybe sometimes go contemplate go meditate but you know now go buy groceries and now go take your shower you know what i mean you're you you look pretty normal and anyone who is still operating in the world with the thinking mechanism trying to fix things trying to make everything right they're not going to see you as any different right so you can ever look at someone else by the way and see if they're surrendered the only person you can really look at is yourself, because from the outside there's no noticeable difference. Of course, one who lives on surrender kind of recognizes someone else who is living on surrender, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, but people who don't live on surrender won't notice that you are. Yeah. One who is awakening to truth is also discarding the world which includes discarding his thoughts about the world. So this one is learning to take all of his cues from within, from beyond the clouds of his thoughts. Really just saying the same thing again, um, slightly different words, but again emphasizing that, you know, when we are deciding what we're going to do because we're thinking and we're prioritizing, we are totally engaged in the outward projection. Um, you know, maybe I am going to uh, clean the house today because because I'm having company tomorrow, right? I mean, it's all it's all outward looking. And when we start taking the cues from within, it isn't. If the if the guidance does not guide me to clean the house, the fact that company's tomorrow coming tomorrow is irrelevant because I'm not focused outward on the world. I'm focused on within. In fact, what I am really trying to do, this is what's most important to me, I am trying to learn not to think about the world. I'm literally trying to turn my attention from the world. I am so interested in what within is going to have me do, and I want to do that. And I want to get to the point where I can do that without any concern for the outward world. And this, again, is why you may begin to experience resistance when you start practicing surrender, because you are probably still actually thinking a lot about the outside world. And so here you are thinking, oh my God, it's 3 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon, I have company coming in the morning, I haven't got the prompts yet to vacuum, right? Oh no, you know, you're know you starting to get, I need to vacuum. Like you've already got a decision about what's important. But of course, why do you need to vacuum if company's coming? I mean, why? You guys know why, don't you? they are trying to fix yeah. things, right? Everybody does that. So, see, this is trying to undo that. So maybe it won't have you vacuum. And you know what? Maybe you'll live through it. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> yeah. So, so sometimes it will have you do you know, what almost seem like strange things. But there's actually a, a reason to that. It's not testing you. Some people perceive it as testing you. It's not testing you. It's trying to get you out of this thought system that you are literally addicted to, of constantly trying to make things okay in the world so that you can feel comfortable. And that's never, ever going to work. It's never, ever going to work. So you're learning to take your cues from within, and what you're, the reason you're taking your cues from within is to forget the world. Forget that the company's coming tomorrow, right? Just forget the world. That's your reason. You want to forget the world and remember the truth. So, one who is awakening to truth is also discarding the world, which includes discarding his thoughts about the world. So, this one is learning to take all of his cues from within, from beyond the clouds of his thoughts. True perception is a bridge. Guidance is a bridge. To feel that one is awakened or living outside of mind when one is experiencing perception or guidance is an error. To say that one lives outside of mind when one experiences perception is to remain deluded. Now what this is starting to address is what I call the spiritual ego. Because what happens sometimes when people start um, getting highly engaged in spiritual practice and they really start to get in a flow that is different than the way they used to live before. They can also start, this idea starts popping in, something about, you know, I'm enlightened, or something similar to that. So this is telling us, as long as you look out and you perceive anything that is not you, right, you're not enlightened. Okay, so so let's not, let's not, when, even when you start getting in this flow, which we're hoping that you're going to get into as you practice this, You start noticing yourself as awareness more and more and more. You actually start to notice the world is in you instead of you in the world. You know, these shifts begin to happen for you. But if you're still seeing anything other than yourself, you know, these things probably come and go for many of us as we're shifting. You're not enlightened. So don't let the spiritual ego take over. The next paragraph. But to listen to guidance. And to say that one is guided by mind outside of mind is not to be deluded. It is merely to describe the experience in words. It is merely to recognize that mind is needed to experience perception, but guidance is the echo of knowledge filtered through mind. So this is saying, although, you know, as long as you see anything other than you, you are not enlightened, you can be genuinely guided. Uh, and, and you know, another thing that's gonna happen is the mind's gonna try to tell you that you're not, that you're somehow making this up. You know, like, oh, it's just me, which in a way it is, but not, not just me, the ego. <laughs> right So, it's saying, you know, you can be, you can be a master of receiving guidance. Even though you're not enlightened yet. You can be a master at being tuned within, right? You can be a master even though you may not be enlightened. And so, go ahead and go for being the master. In fact, you can train yourself to be the master of following guidance. You can't make yourself wake up. People say, you know, awakening comes by grace, right? Nobody can really explain what makes awakening come. But you can become the master of following guidance. And and so that's what, just like A Course in Miracles would tell you that inner peace is the goal of the Course, love or knowledge is actually, love cannot be taught and knowledge is out of scope, the Course says. It can't take you, in other words, the Course in its own words is saying, I can't take you to enlightenment, but I can take you to inner peace. This is saying, you know, I can't, again, you're not going to become necessarily enlightened through this practice that you can become a master at being inwardly focused. Enlightenment can happen to anyone at any time, right? It could happen to someone who's never done these practices, or you could do these practices and maybe live your whole life and not become enlightened. And so sometimes people say, well, why do the practices? If the practices aren't going to wake me up, why do the practices? Because actually the practices, to some point, are waking you up. You're becoming more detached from the world. You're becoming more focused inward. You're becoming happier. You're becoming uh, more loving naturally, right? In a way, you are waking up. Just kind of that final bam that really knocks you out of this hemisphere into the new one uh, maybe hasn't come. But there is there are shifts that are occurring, and these shifts are very meaningful. They're going to change your experience of the world, and they're also going to change how you experience others, and therefore, in many cases, how others experience you, right? So it's all worth it, even though, uh, you know, we can't say if you practice this for one year, you will be enlightened. Nobody can make those kinds of promises, right? Starting at the bottom of page 10, one who listens to guidance may be said by others to be awakened, but this one will only say he is realized. Because he realizes truth even as he experiences perception. He listens to knowledge because he knows that one who sees perception cannot truly see. But one who is not attached can be guided. Non-attachment and realization are one. Seeing truth is to be awakened. So again, if you see anything other than you, you're not awake. Right. If there's a, a me and a something else, you're not awake. But you can become a master, and in fact, you can become such a master that other people will think you're awake. And when you say, "No, I'm not," they'll think you're just being humble, <laughs> because because the way you live is so genuinely guided from within that you you live like an enlightened person. Right. Um, so. You know, I wonder how many masters there have been that were just these really clear, clear masters, but not yet awakened. You know, not yet what we would call truly awakened, where you see no other, where you see nothing but truth. The next paragraph. World focused thought is always an error. It is attachment. Therefore, it is dreaming or remaining deluded. That's an interesting paragraph and one that I've spent a lot of time just contemplating. Uh, You know, and I still, of course, fall into world-focused thought. Who doesn't? If I see any problem and I start thinking about solutions to it, I'm deluded in that moment. And again, that's the purpose of surrender. The purpose of surrender is to forget about the world. Stay focused within. What am I to do now? What am I to do now? And again, if we can become masters at this, we'll see everything gets taken care of. You know, it's very much like the Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching says something like, the master does nothing, and yet nothing is left undone. Right? But that's what this is talking about, because you're doing something when you're seeing problems and thinking about fixing them. But if you're just saying, what am I to do now? What am I to do now? You could say you're doing nothing, Right? And that way, your mind is doing nothing. Your mind is not engaged with the world, trying to figure things out. And yet, you're getting all the prompts that cause you to move about. And again, to everybody else, you may look like, you know, if people want to sit around and judge you, right, by A Course in Miracles, or by Inner Ramana, or the Tao Te Ching, they may say, look how involved she is in the world. She's out there doing this, and doing this, and doing this. And yet, you could be so inwardly focused. You didn't see a problem that needed to be fixed. You just asked, what am I to do now? And it was, you know, take this money and go over here and give it to these people. Now what am I to do? You know, come in here and help them move this this, this wood pile from here to over here. And, you know, you're just going one moment to the next, just listening to guidance. You aren't perceiving problems and trying to fix problems. And, you know, one thing that's really interesting about the Tao Te Ching is the Tao Te Ching teaches that if you perceive a problem and you try to fix a problem, that actually what you do is you create problems. But the Taoist master can appear to be fixing problems. Why? Because of this teaching. Because it's the same thing. The Taoist master is just tuned within. The only the way the Taoist master words it is the only thing the Taoist master is concerned with is staying in harmony with the Tao. This is the same thing. Just staying tuned within and so within says, go do this, you go do this. You're not concerned about whether you appear to be fixing a problem or not. You're not looking to see if there was a problem. You're not looking to see if you're moving the woodpile for a good reason. You're not looking to see if you're giving this money to those people because it's going to help somebody. You're just doing what you're told, right? Just living in that flow of being told what to do and following. So world-focused thought is always an error. To look out there, see problems, and think about them is always a mistake, and that is to remain deluded. Now, listen to this paragraph. To help people with world-focused thoughts by providing world-focused solutions is assisting one to dream. Therefore, the awakened one who has accepted the role of continuing the the awakening will not assist in world focused concerns by providing world focused answers. The awakened one will assist world focus by observing the filter with the one who has a desire to awaken. This awakened one could be the inner teacher or this awakened one could be an outer teacher. It doesn't matter. But the awakened one, you know if I if I'm all worried about money, you know that's my thing, I'm all worried about money and I go within to the inner teacher or I go outside, let's say to Michael Langford. I can't imagine what Michael Langford would say if I wrote to him and said, how can I make more money?
1: <laughs> Before I say, go read chapter one in the most direct
0: means to eternal He's so good. Yeah, so, you know, when you ask someone for advice and they start helping you, well, have you tried the employment agency? Have you? They're helping you to dream, right? They're still helping you to look out there. And and think that the problem that is out there, and that when you fix this problem out there, you're finally going to be okay. But you know, she started laughing. If I was to write to Michael Langford that I don't think I have enough money, you know, what can I do to make more money? He's not going to say, go get a job, or you know, get another roommate, or uh, go back to school. He's going to tell me to open up the Most Direct Means to Eternal Bless and read it again. Right? He's going to help me observe the filter. Right, the filter of the mind. Yeah, that's what he's going to help me do. So, and the reason it's telling us this is again. So we're going to we're going to start asking for guidance, and sometimes the people the mistake that people make when they ask for guidance. Now of course we've been told exactly what question to ask. What am I to do now? And we've been told that's the only question we need to ask because it includes all that other stuff. But what a lot of people will do when they start asking for guidance is they won't ask, what am I to do now? They'll ask, how can I make more money? You know? Or, how can I get rid of the sickness? or So they've perceived the problem, and now they're asking guidance to help them find the answer. And this is saying guidance isn't going to do that. Not true guidance. Not the awakened one. It's not going to help you with that. Because, again, that would be teaching you to be looking out into the world for what's wrong. Right? It's... Oh, the, the guidance, the awakened one, whether it's inside or outside, is not going to do that. So just know that up front and don't even ask those kinds of questions. Right? It reminds me of Socrates talking to Dan Millman in The Peaceful Warrior. He said, you need to learn to ask better questions. right? Well, we've been given the only question we need to ask, what am I to do now? Everything else that kind of happens unfolds naturally as we ask that question. When one is not world-focused, guidance within the world occurs naturally. Non-attached activity within perception is not a hindrance to awakening. Attached activity is a means to clinging to the dream. So again, if I just keep asking, what am I to do now? Step by step by step, everything I need will be given. If getting a job for some reason needs to happen, by asking, what am I to do now? Complete your resume. You know, what am I to do now? You know, you'll get it in that way, right? And step by step by step, you'll have a job. You don't need to decide for yourself that you need a job and worry about it and think about it, right? You just keep following moment-to-moment guidance. Non-attached activity within perception is not a hindrance to awakening. You could appear to be the busiest person in the world, but as long as it's all coming through this surrender It's fine because it's not looking out at the world. It's not deciding what needs to be done and doing it, right? It's just staying inward. Attached activity, of course, looking out at the world and deciding what needs to be done and then doing it, is a means of clinging to the dream. So again, you're guided to give $200 to someone, you give it. You look at someone, you decide they need $200, and you give them $200, totally different things. Looks the same on the outside, but that inward process is completely different. Deciding that you know so-and-so needs $200 and giving it to her is clinging to the dream. Asking what am I to do and being guided to hand $200 to the same so-and-so <laughs> is not clinging to the dream. So it's all about your focus. Are you... Figuring out what needs to be wrong, what is wrong, and trying to fix it, or what you perceive as wrong, and trying to fix it, or are you merely trying to forget the world and be surrendered? And that's the end of that message. So I think the assignment, of course, because we're still, you know, on the purpose of surrender, so the assignment is just to go another week with the surrender again. Just keep, keep trying it. You know, whether we're um, still looking at resistance, Um, Whether we are uh, still trying to hear or feel what to do, whether we're just trying to remember more often to do it, right? Whatever stage we're at, it doesn't matter because we've all got room for improvement. (laughs) So we'll just do it for another week. Does that sound good? All right, let me stop the recording and we'll go into our silence.